0: THE PASSION OF OUR LORD JESUS CHRIST, ACCORDING TO JOHN After they had eaten the supper, Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who had betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples— So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers, together with police, from the chief priests and the Pharisees. And they came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them,
1: Whom are you looking for?
0: They answered,
2: Jesus of Nazareth. I am he.
0: Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them,
1: Whom are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth. I told you that I am he, so if you are looking for me, let these men go.
0: This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it struck the high priest's slave, and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter,
1: Put your sword back into its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me?
0: So the soldiers, their officer, and the Jewish police arrested Jesus and bound him. First they took him to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it was better to have one person die for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside at the gate. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, You are
2: not also one of this man's disciples, are you?
0: Peter said, I am not. Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered,
1: I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said.
0: When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face, saying,
1: Is that how you answer the high priest? If I have spoken wrongly, Testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike
0: me? Then Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked,
2: Did I not see you in the garden
0: with him? Again, Peter denied it, and at that moment the cock crowed. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said,
2: What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, If this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you.
0: Pilate said to them,
2: Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. They replied, We are not permitted to put anyone to death.
0: This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus and asked him,
2: Are you the king of the Jews? Did you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you
1: done? My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. So you are a king. You say that I am a king. For this I was born. And for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. What is truth?
0: After he had said this, Pilate went out to the Jews again and told them,
2: I find no case against him, but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? They shouted in reply, Not this man, but Barabbas.
0: Now Barabbas was a bandit. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged, And the soldiers wore, wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him, saying,
2: Hail, King of the Jews.
0: And they struck him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them,
2: Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him.
0: So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them,
2: Here is the man.
0: When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted,
2: Crucify him! Crucify him!
0: Pilate said to them,
2: Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him.
0: They answered him,
2: We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die, because he has claimed to be the Son of God.
0: Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him,
2: Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to release you and power to
1: crucify you? You would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin.
0: From then on, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out,
2: If you release this man, you are no friend of the emperor. Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor.
0: When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. Pilate said to the Jews,
2: Here is your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate asked them, Shall I crucify your king?
0: The chief priests answered, We have no king but the emperor. Then Pilate handed Jesus over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus And carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side, with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the people read this inscription, because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate,
2: Do not write the king of the Jews, but this man said, I am the king of the Jews.
0: Pilate answered,
2: What I have written, I have written.
0: When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman,
1: here is your son.
0: Then he said to the disciple,
1: Here is your mother.
0: And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, in order to fulfill the scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said,
1: It is finished.
0: Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, the Jews did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because that Sabbath was a day of great solemnity. So they asked Pilate to have the legs of the crucified men broken and the bodies removed. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, They did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified that you also may believe his testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth. These things occurred so that the scripture might be fulfilled. None of his bones shall be broken. And again, another passage of scripture says, They will look on the one whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about a hundred weight. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there.
1: Let us be seated. On Palm Sunday, we reflected on the various crosses that we carry. Jesus asks his disciples to carry their cross daily, so it should be no surprise when crosses arise in our lives. Now, sometimes we encounter crosses that we willingly take up. We're just finishing now the season of Lent, where many have willingly taken on a small sacrifice, a small daily cross. They've given something up, some small thing, something that they feel uh, may not have a huge impact on their lives, but it's something—it's a sacrifice that they feel. A couple may decide to begin a family and willingly accept the cross of, of bringing some children into their family of course there's going to be some wonderful joys with that but there's also going to be some challenges and it will call on that couple to make sacrifices as well maybe even big sacrifices at times these are crosses that are willingly taken up and those kinds of crosses are often easier to accept the more difficult crosses are the ones that are not so that we don't are the ones that come up unexpectedly the car breaks down at the worst time Uh, we lose someone loses a job a relationship uh, struggles appear in the midst of a relationship these are crosses that we don't willingly take up and yet we're asked to carry them and they're more difficult to carry because we don't accept them big or small because we don't willingly uh, willingly create them for ourselves they can be harder to carry in both cases The call of Jesus to carry our cross daily transforms the cross from an obstacle to be overcome into an invitation to trust in him. Now, very early on in the history of our faith, among one of the first disciples, St. Paul recognizes the cross as the wisdom and power of God. Now, this sometimes doesn't make any sense to us. Because when we look on a crucifix, when we see Jesus on the cross, nothing there appears to be especially wise or powerful. And many people are quick to dismiss what they see. St. Paul and ourselves as as the followers of Christ today, though, we see something different. Instead of seeing an obstacle to be overcome, what we see instead is God's answer to Well, most anything. I know we all like to think that had we been among the crowd of those at Jesus' trial, we would never have asked for Barabbas to be released over Jesus. But when difficulties arise in life and God seems silent, there's always the temptation to put God on trial. So what we saw happening in this gospel today. Jesus remains, for the most part, fairly silent. Everyone around him speaks more. The priest actually has the easiest part in the the three parts of the gospel reading on Palm Sunday and Good Friday. He says the least of anyone. And so it's easy to want to release the one who has more to say, to release the one who maybe appears to be willing to take action and make a real difference. That person appears strong in comparison to our silent Jesus. This happens in our own lives too. Difficulties arise in our lives and we cry out and wonder God, where are you? What are you going to do about these struggles, these horrible things going on in our lives and in our world? And when God seems silent, it's quick to want to put, it's easy to want to put him on a kind of trial. We may feel bad about that at times, but it's okay because God provides an answer. When we question him about what he's going to do, God provides an answer. To sin, the answer God provides is the cross. It's from on the cross that Jesus brings forgiveness to all. It's from on the cross where he gives himself for us there, for the forgiveness of sins. To questions about God's love for His people, can an all-loving God allow His people to suffer? God's answer again is uh, is the cross. Often, uh, when uh, someone is suffering the loss, maybe the death of a loved one, there are no words that can make things better. There are no words that can uh, make someone bring joy into that person's life in a moment of sorrow and mourning. No, instead, the best we can do is be there for that person, to share, with them, uh, to share with them that experience of grief. This is God's loving response to us as well. He enters into our world and shares with us many of the sorrows, miseries, joys, and challenges that we experience here. The cross is God's answer to our questions about his love. When we wonder about the trustworthiness of God, the cross again is God's answer. Through the cross, we see just how far God is willing to go. You see, he's not simply an idea, uh, but he takes some action. He's willing to go to the very end of his life in order to uh, to reveal his love and bring forgiveness into the world. And when we have questions about the darkness of evil in in our lives or world, again, God's answer is the cross. By going to the cross, God shows that he's willing to bring light even to the most darkest of places to reveal to us that even if we are experiencing experiencing, uh, incredible difficulties, when life is threatened, uh, when when we worry about our well-being or how things will turn out, God is willing to go into those places too. So it should be no surprise when we're asked to pick up different crosses. Because as Jesus can bring light into the world by taking up his cross, by by being, by, uh, being an innocent person sentenced to death, we too can be light for others when we are willing to pick up our crosses daily and carry them. That It's from those places where we can announce the good news, not simply from places from joy. We can announce the good news in places of sorrow, too. Of course, we don't go looking for crosses. We have enough. But the ones that we, that, that, that we do encounter, we accept because we know that these crosses don't have the last say, this liturgy on Good Friday ends in a bit of a somber mood. There's, there's no joyful music to be heard here today, and that's a kind of mirror for our experience in life. There are lots of moments in life that are full of joy, and there are moments, too, that are full of sorrow and ha- carry a somber mood. But we know that these moments will not have the last say. We always move from the cross to being a people who look forward to easter the cross may be god's answer but easter is the result that's what we experience and we look forward to our own entry into god's kingdom in the meantime we come here into this place where we encounter god and beg for strength knowing that we are never alone but are surrounded by our loving powerful wise and trustworthy god God of all creation, as your people carry various crosses, big and small, through life, we ask that you would send us reminders that we are never alone, but are instead surrounded by many prayers and with the life of your Son. May we always turn to him in our trials and take an example from him who carried his own cross, coming always to realize that we are never left alone, but through his cross— and ours. We are united to him. In his name we offer this prayer. Amen.